Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, November 4th. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there's nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit. As it is written in Romans 10:17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken word of God, it is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Lek Leka, and it means, get yourself. Genesis 15.7-17.6 Then he said to him, I am Hashem, who brought you out from Ur of the Chaldeans to assign this land to you as a possession. And he said, O Hashem, how shall I know that I am to possess it? He answered, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old she-goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young bird. He brought him all these and cut them in two, placing each half opposite the other, but he did not cut up the bird. Birds of prey came upon the carcasses, and Abram drove them away. As the sun was about to set, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and a great dark dread descended upon him. And he said to Abram, Know well that your offspring shall be strangers in a land not theirs, and they shall be enslaved and oppressed four hundred years. But I will execute judgment on the nation they shall serve, and in the end they shall go free with great wealth. As for you... You shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a ripe old age. And they shall return here in the fourth generation. 
for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. When the sun set and it was very dark, there appeared a smoking oven and a flaming torch which passed between these pieces. On that day Hashem made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your offspring I assign this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. The Kenites, Kenizzites, Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said to Abram, Look, Hashem has kept me from bearing. Lie with my maid. Perhaps I shall have a son through her. And Abram heeded Sarai's request. So Sarai, Abram's wife, took her maid, Hagar the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt in the land of Canaan ten years, and gave her to her husband, Abram, as a concubine. He cohabited with Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was lowered in her esteem. And Sarai said to Abram, The wrong done me is your fault. I myself put my maid in your bosom. Now that she sees that she is pregnant, I am lowered in her esteem. Hashem decide between you and me. Abram said to Sarai, Your maid is in your hands. Deal with her as you think right. Then Sarai treated her harshly, and she ran away from her. An angel of Hashem found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the road to Shur, and said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from, and where are you going? And she said, I am running away from my mistress Sarai. And the angel of Hashem said to her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her harsh treatment. But the angel of Hashem said to her, I will greatly increase your offspring, and they shall be too many to count. The angel of Hashem said to her further, Behold, you are with child, and you shall bear a son. You shall call him Ishmael, for Hashem has paid heed to your suffering. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. He shall dwell alongside all of his kinsmen. And she called to Hashem, who spoke to her, You are El Roy, by which she meant, Have I not gone on seeing after he saw me? Therefore the well was called Bir Laha Roy. It is between Kadesh and Bered. Hagar bore a son to Abram, and Abram gave the son that Hagar bore him the name Ishmael. Abram was eighty-six years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. When Abram was ninety-nine years old, Hashem appeared to Abram and said to him, I am El Shaddai, walk in my ways and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will make you exceedingly numerous. Abram threw himself on his face, and Hashem spoke to him further. As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the father of a multitude of nations. You shall no longer be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I make you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fertile, and make nations of you, and kings shall come forth from you. 
Ezekiel 10, 1 to 11, 25. I looked, and on the expanse, over the heads of the cherubs, there was something like a sapphire stone, an appearance resembling a throne which could be seen over them. He spoke to the man clothed in linen, and said, Step inside the wheelwork under the cherubs, and fill your hands with glowing coals from among the cherubs, and scatter them over the city. And he went in as I looked on. Now the cherubs were standing on the south side of the house when the man entered, and the cloud filled the inner court. But when the presence of Hashem moved from the cherubs to the platform of the house, the house was filled with the cloud, and the court was filled with the radiance of the presence of Hashem. The sound of the cherubs' wings could be heard as far as the outer court, like the voice of El Shaddai when he speaks. When he commanded the man dressed in linen, Take fire from among the cherubs within the wheelwork, he went in and stood beside a wheel. And a cherub stretched out his hand among the cherubs to the fire that was among the cherubs. He took some and put it into the hands of him who was clothed in linen, who took it and went out. The cherubs appeared to have the form of a man's hand under their wings. I could see that there were four wheels beside the cherubs, one wheel beside each of the cherubs, as for the appearance of the wheels they gleamed like the barrel stone. In appearance the four had the same form, as if there were two wheels cutting through each other. And when they moved, each could move in the direction of any of its four quarters. They did not veer as they moved. The cherubs moved in the direction in which one of the heads faced, without turning as they moved. Their entire bodies, backs, hands, and wings, and the wheels, the wheels of the four of them, were covered all over with eyes. It was these wheels that I had heard called the wheelwork. Each one had four faces. One was a cherub's face, the second a human face, the third a lion's face, and the fourth an eagle's face. The cherubs ascended. Those were the creatures that I had seen by the Chabar Canal. Whenever the cherubs went, the wheels went beside them. And when the cherubs lifted their wings to ascend from the earth, the wheels did not roll away from their side. When those stood still, these stood still. And when those ascended, these ascended with them, for the spirit of the creature was in them. Then the presence of Hashem left the platform of the house and stopped above the cherubs. And I saw the cherubs lift their wings and rise from the earth, with the wheels beside them as they departed. And they stopped at the entrance of the eastern gate of the house of Hashem, with the presence of the God of Israel above them. They were the same creatures that I had seen below the God of Israel at the Shabar Canal. So now I knew that they were cherubs. Each one had four faces, and each had four wings, with the form of human hands under the wings. As for the form of their faces, they were the very faces that I had seen by the Chabar Canal, their appearance and their features, and each could move in the direction of any of its faces. Then a spirit lifted me up and brought me to the east gate of the house of Hashem, which faces eastward, and there at the entrance of the gate were twenty-five men, among whom I saw Jazaniah son of Azer, 
and Pelatiah son of Benaiah, leaders of the people. Hashem said to me, O mortal, these are the men who plan iniquity and plot wickedness in this city, who say, There is no need now to build houses. This city is the pot, and we are the meat. I adjure you, prophesy against them. Prophesy, O mortal. Thereupon the Spirit of Hashem fell upon me, and he said to me, Speak. Thus said Hashem, Such are your thoughts, O house of Israel. I know what comes into your mind. Many have you slain in the city. You have filled its streets with corpses. Assuredly, thus said Hashem, the corpses that you have piled up in it are the meat for which it is the pot, but you shall be taken out of it. You feared the sword, and the sword I will bring upon you, declares Hashem. I will take you out of it and deliver you into the hands of strangers. I will execute judgments upon you. You shall fall by the sword. I will punish you at the border of Israel, and you shall know that I am Hashem. This city shall not be a pot for you, nor you the meat in it. I will punish you at the border of Israel. Then you shall know that I am Hashem, whose laws you did not follow, and whose rules you did not obey, acting instead according to the rules of the nations around you. Now, as I prophesied, Pelatiah son of Benaiah dropped dead. I threw myself upon my face and cried out aloud, Ah, Hashem, you are wiping out the remnant of Israel. Then the word of Hashem came to me, O mortal, I will save your brothers, your brothers, the men of your kindred, all of that very house of Israel to whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem say, Keep far from Hashem, the land has been given us as a heritage to us. Say then, Thus said Hashem, I have indeed removed them far among the nations, and have scattered them among the countries, and I have become to them a diminished sanctity in the countries where they have gone. Yet say, Thus said Hashem, I will gather you from the peoples, and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel and they shall return there and do away with all its detestable things and all its abominations. I will give them one heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove the heart of stone from their bodies and give them a heart of flesh, that they may follow my laws and faithfully observe my rules. Then they shall be my people, and I will be their God." But as for them whose heart is set upon their detestable things and their abominations, I will repay them for their conduct, declares Hashem. Then the cherubs with the wheels beside them lifted their wings, while the presence of the God of Israel rested above them. The presence of Hashem ascended from the midst of the city and stood on the hill east of the city. A spirit carried me away and brought me in a vision by the Spirit of Hashem to the exile community in Chaldea. Then the vision that I had seen left me, and I told the exiles all the things that Hashem had shown me. Hebrews 6, 1-20 Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Yeshua, let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith 
toward God. Of the doctrine of baptisms, and of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment, and this will we do if God permit. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. For the earth which drinks in the rain that comes oft upon it and brings forth herbs meet for them by whom it is dressed receives blessing from God. But that which bears thorns and briars is rejected and is near to cursing whose end is to be burned. But, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope to the end, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for the confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters into that within the veil. Whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Yeshua made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Psalm 105, 16-36 Moreover he, the Lord, called for a famine upon the land. He broke the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. The king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his substance, to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his senators wisdom. Israel also came into Egypt, and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. And he increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. He turned their heart to hate his people, to deal subtly with his servants. He sent Moses his servant and Aaron whom he had chosen. They showed his signs among them and wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made it dark, and they rebelled not against his word. He turned their waters into blood and slew their fish. Their land brought forth frogs in abundance and in the chambers of their kings. 
He spoke, and there came various sorts of flies and lice in all their coasts. He gave them hail for rain and flaming fire in their land. He smote their vines also and their fig trees, and broke the trees of their coasts. He spoke, and the locusts came, and caterpillars, and that without number, and did eat up all the herbs in the land, and devoured the fruit of their ground. He smote also all the firstborn in the land, the chief of all their strength. Proverbs 27, 1-2 Boast not yourself of tomorrow, for you know not what a day may bring forth. Let another man praise you, and not your own mouth, a stranger, and not your own lips. I'd like to speak to you today from Genesis chapter 15 through 17, and then we're going to touch into Ezekiel chapter 10, and then go into Hebrews chapter 6. And in Genesis chapter 15, we see the Abrahamic covenant. And this is a huge covenant, a very vital foundational covenant. And God instructs Abram to take some animals and to prepare them for a sacrifice. And Abram has questioned him and said, how do I know that I will possess this land? And how do I know that I'm going to have a son? I have no children. And so God tells him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old goat, and a three-year-old ram, and a turtle dove, and a young bird. And Abram brings all of these to him and cuts them in two, placing each half opposite the other. So then a deep sleep comes upon Abram, and a smoking pot moves between the two animals through the pathway of the animals that have been cut in half. So basically, God is making a covenant with Abram, and it's all 100% on God. Abram has nothing to do with it. He is asleep. Abram, It has nothing to do with Abram's uh, efforts or his labor or his participation. It's all 100% on God. And then God tells him, know that your descendants are going to be oppressed and enslaved in a land for 400 years and then God is going to judge that nation and then they will return during the fourth generation to this promised land. So let's look at verse 18, chapter 15, verse 18. On that day, Hashem made a covenant with Abram saying to your offspring, I assign this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. Now, something I want to say about that to your offspring, it's not just talking about biological offspring by blood, it's by the Spirit. And in Romans 11 and other places, and also in Galatians, it talks about how by faith we are grafted into the olive tree, and that we are descendants of Abram by faith. That when we put our trust and our faith in Yeshua, That the very covenant that Yeshua makes with Abram, that same covenant he makes with us. So the Israel Bible commentary to that verse that I just read, reads as follows. In this monumental covenant between Hashem and Abraham, God states that on this day he has given the land of Israel to Abraham's descendants. While Hashem uses the term natati, I have given, 
in the past tense, in reference to generations that have not yet been born. Rashi explains that this is not a grammatical error. Since God's word is the ultimate truth, it is as if it has already been done. Though it took more than 400 years until this promise was fulfilled, the children of Abraham waited with faith. This patient waiting served as good practice for the nearly 2,000 years of waiting that preceded the Jewish return to Israel. With the birth of the State of Israel in May of 1948, another promise to Abraham has been partially fulfilled. But it has not been fulfilled in all of its fullness because the northern kingdom, the ten tribes of the north, the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel, is still in exile, is still scattered to all the nations of the earth. And we can go to Israel as a tourist for 90 days, and then we have to leave. So it has not yet been fulfilled, but it will be fulfilled. Now I want to jump into Ezekiel chapter 11. And here is a promise that's connected to what we just read in Genesis. And in Ezekiel chapter 11, starting in verse 16, it is written, Say then, Thus said Hashem, I have indeed removed them far among the nations, and have scattered them among the countries, and I have become to them a diminished sanctity in the countries where I where they have gone. So this is talking about how the northern kingdom has been gone into exile and has been scattered to all the nations. But continuing on in verse 17, It is written, Yet say, Thus said Hashem, I will gather you from the peoples and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. And they shall return here and do away with all its detestable things and all its abominations. So there's the promise of the ingathering. There's the promise of the redemption. There is the promise that though all of us who love Yeshua, who love the God of Israel, are scattered to all the nations of the earth, that God is going to one day ingather us and bring us back to Israel. Let's look at verse 19 and 20. I will give them one heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove the heart of stone from their bodies and give them a heart of flesh, that they may follow my laws and faithfully observe my rules. Then they shall be my people, and I will be their God. There's a very important principle embedded in those two verses. If we try to follow the Torah, and follow the laws and the rules that God gives us, and we have not been born again, and we have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, we will fall and we will fail. It is impossible. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We cannot keep the Torah on our own, in our own efforts and in our own flesh. But these two verses are saying, I'm going to give you a new heart and a new spirit. I'm going to take out the heart of stone, and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. And on that heart of flesh, I am going to write my word, my Torah, upon your heart. It's going to be on the inside of you, not external, but internal. And why do I give you the Holy Spirit? Why do I give you a new heart? So that they may follow my laws and observe my rules. So with the power and the presence of the indwelling Holy Spirit, 
we can follow his laws and observe his rules. And then he promises, then they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Now I want to finally touch in on a couple of verses from Hebrews chapter 6. And let's look at verses 13 through 15. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. So we see a theme that's emerging from these passages that we've looked at today, that when you patiently endure and when you wait, when the Hebrews waited 400 years when they were slaves in Egypt, and then after 400 years, God sent Moses to deliver them. And then the Jewish people waited 2,000 years and were scattered to many nations and were persecuted. And then finally, after 2,000 years, The nation, the secular nation of Israel, was reborn in May of 1948, and there now is a Jewish homeland. But that's the southern kingdom. It's a partial fulfillment, but there's um, a return of the northern kingdom yet to come. So we see that when we want to see the promises of God to be fulfilled in our life, we have to endure and we have to wait patiently because we don't do it. He does it. He's the one who causes the promises to be fulfilled in our life. And we don't want to interfere with that. And an example of that is Abram and Sarah were told that they would have a son. And a lot of time had passed by. So Sarai got kind of impatient and decided to take matters in her own hands. And she said, Abram, go lay with my my maid, Hagar. And through her, you'll, you'll have a son. She can be your concubine. So Sarai took matters in her own hands, and she ended up with uh, Hagar, became pregnant with Ishmael, and Hagar became a thorn in her side. Hagar began to taunt her and scorn her and not respect her anymore. And so when we take matters in our own hands and we act in the flesh, rather than waiting upon the Lord, we end up with a mess. So it's very important not to take matters in your own hands and to try to push things through your own efforts, but to wait upon the Lord for him to orchestrate circumstances in your life, for him to open the doors in your life. It's all up to him. He is sovereign. He is the most high. And what Hagar learned in the wilderness when she ran away was that God is El Roy, the God who sees all. He sees everything. He sees everything about your life. He knows what's going on. He sees pain. He sees any suffering. He sees mistreatment. And he sees. You're not invisible. You're not forgotten. He is Elroy, the God who sees all. So we will continue this tomorrow and have a blessed day. Shalom. Adonai Vish Mareka Yeah Adonai Anavilaka
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>